David. Connor. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And good morning to all you lovely listeners at home. And welcome back to yet another, another <laughs> episode of the podcast that we entitle David. Thanks, Dick. That's right. That's right. Keeping the little abbreviated version going. Well, we missed last week. Apologize about that, but we're set. Always push it back one week. Don't worry, the think stink content is still around. We're just we're just thinking stinking a lot nowadays. Uh David, how you doing? I'm doing alright, Connor. How you doing? I'm doing well. This is the first time we've done a morning in a little while, so it feels good to return to form. Um it's been it has been a pretty nice break, all things considered. Um, you know, we had that Christmas and the New Year's, so we've been vibing, you know, getting things done relax and breathe in before you know you have to go back onto the school grind as one does um and the weather's been cold. a little bit but you know, i'm sorry that's, that's, but i still have a little bit that, that that's all you oh yeah i know you you and your <laughs> you, your whole month off actually i i think i think i want to bring this up on the podcast because i want to introduce this thought to people who haven't thought it like David's David's school's work is like his school system is like they have no breaks until Christmas and then they have like a whole month versus mine where like we have a couple small breaks throughout the year but our winter breaks only like two and a half weeks long so like we have I have to pose this question to you like which one do you prefer you know like on the one hand you get the whole month off so you get like a whole whole month of d of like de-stressing and stuff but on the other hand like I, I get like breaks throughout the year, so it doesn't feel like a nonstop grind until you know Christmas, you know. So it's definitely a very it's a very like two sides of the coin kind of thing. David, which one would you prefer, or are you happy with the one that you have? Um, I I I, I don't know. I I guess I don't really know school like without having like that non-stop grind and then like a month off you didn't have that in high school no i, I mean I, I i i guess that was kind of what high school worked high school worked but i don't know um i i guess i don't really have a problem with the way the schedule works out with the whole month off of january um that's all right with me what about you uh yeah, I I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of um but either way, I think both work. Um I think I enjoy having some breaks throughout the year, but I'll be honest, I think the system you have would probably would probably be the most like I guess rewarding, I guess you could say, where in the end it kind of it'll feel better because you know, you got a longer break. But I'll have you know, yeah. do you know what does feel like a non-stop grind that never ceases and just tears your mind away? train wreck oh you took the words right out of my mouth (laughs) (laughs) so uh david picked this movie and i feel like the reasoning for picking this movie was the most david reasoning for picking this movie so if you'd like to take this i will uh let you explain why you picked this movie this week sure so um this, this movie happens to fit kind of the theme i've got going on of like movies that have come out in the last like i don't know 20 years or so that like nobody really thinks about um definitely fits that bill but also um 
it's a new year. Happy New Year, guys. Um, and what what comes with the new year is um, uh, Connor and I's yearly dosage of LeBron James film. Because there's um, like three, and we've seen all of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's a house party. House oh party. yeah, that's not out yet though, so we can't. We we've seen them all up till now. Yeah, we've seen at least some of the ones that are out right now. Um, last year we watched uh, Space Jam. Did an episode on that. Check that out. Um, Actually, that was two years yeah, ago. Yeah. That was two years ago, was dude. That two years ago? Yeah, that was twenty twenty one. Was it? Yeah. Really? I thought it was this summer. Nope, it was two summers ago. I'm sorry, I don't mean to tell you. I don't mean to break the news to you, but time is moving fast. We're actually both in our 40s now, and we have mortgages and children. Um, I'm sorry. I thought it was... <laughs> uh, all right. Um, anywho... We watched Space Jam 2 two years, two years, cheats. Um, that doesn't feel right, but um, yeah, that's is my favorite movie because LeBron James is in it. Yep. <laughs> and we watched Smallfoot last year in case you were, in case you were blanking. So we have done it every year. Yeah, Smallfoot last year. Yep. David got excited and wanted to do it right away in 2023. He's like, I want my LeBron James right now. I do want my LeBron James right now. So, David, I think the first question must be, how was LeBron James in this movie? Was it a satisfying LeBron James moment? Or would you say this was inferior LeBron James content? I, 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 think, it was, I think it was adequate. I mean, I wish he was in the movie more. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get, really. Um, the, the main dude in this movie, Bill Hader, he's like a... Like a the sports doctor and um lebron james just happens to be one of his clients and they also happen to be like yeah he, like, they used to be his client like i don't think he's his client anymore i think they're just besties oh really <laughs> oh yeah because he said like he was the he was the physician for the knicks and lebron didn't play for the knicks so like i think he was just the best like, he, like, he can still like like check in he sure with, he works with tom brady too but they worked with tom brady I think I think he works for the Knicks and like he worked with other clients. He's supposed to be like you know uh, the guy who's done a bunch of cool stuff. Sure. And one of those cool things was doing stuff with LeBron, and now they're besties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They get lunch um, and play basketball. Yeah, they got lunch, and LeBron really cares about this guy's love life. I mean, all uh, the best, all the best friends do. You just wouldn't understand because yeah. you're not friends with LeBron James, David. Yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess you have a point. I guess you have a point there. Um, okay, but LeBron James isn't even the focal point of this movie. Uh, yeah, and I'm 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 uh, happy I, to talk about any. I'm, I'm happy to talk about LeBron if it means we can just avoid talking about Amy Schumer. But <laughs> I guess we'll inevitably have to. Amy talk about Schumer it. is the focal point of this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, um, Amy Schumer, um, she is terrible in this movie i mean absolutely atrocious like like when i was watching her in this movie i was like she is like the female will ferrell you know like 
not funny at all, but for some reason th- they do movies. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. She like, I, do you see what I'm saying? Like, sure. Like they 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 star in like these rom coms with like someone that's totally out of their league, mm-hmm. um, and then they end up like getting with them by the end, right. you know. And of course, like Adam Sandler does this too a lot. Like, right? Actually, I would, I would almost say I would almost say it's closer to Adam Sandler because, I, yeah, I unfortunately, guess. it also comes down to another big thing that would tie those two together is that they always make the same handful of jokes, and they expect it to be funny every single time. And you're like, dude, it wasn't funny the first time. Stop trying to make it funny the next couple of times. The only the only positive thing I could say about Adam Sandler is at least he understood that and he moved on and he started doing serious stuff. I am convinced Amy Schumer has not figured out that her comedy isn't funny and has not decided to move on yet. And I don't think she will because at this point in her career, it's all she's got <laughs> is, her, is her one note comedy about how much she loves sex and how she's not super pretty. Like those are her two main jokes. <laughs> boy, oh boy. If you like jokes about sex, this movie will be your magnum opus. Because boy, oh boy, oh, that is like every joke in this movie. <laughs> like, oh my god! And it's funny because if you had a, if you did like a drinking game with how many times they mentioned something sexual, like you'd be out within the first fifteen minutes. Like this movie is brutal in terms of telling the same joke over and over and the same type of joke. And it wasn't funny the first time. And it doesn't get any funnier. <laughs> it still stays the same. Boy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it does, this movie does, it has a trope in it that I've, I've hated for a long, long time. And I, I've wanted to talk about for a while, but I've never had the opportunity to. And that is, that is when the movie's message is that if you, even if even if you're an asshole, it's okay if you don't change because eventually someone will love you for it anyway. I've always hated yeah. that. Like I've always hated that, and it happens all the time with these like you know affirmation movies that are meant for like. Oftentimes, generally, it's focused on young on uh, women, usually like kind of twenties, thirties women, basically trying to uh, trying to affirm that even if you have flaws. It shouldn't matter that you have to change them because, like, eventually you, someone will accept you and make you a better person for you. And, like, so you don't have to ever worry about character growth. I hate that, especially in a movie, because in a movie you control what happens, right? Like, as a writer, you decide what happens with your character. So you have no reason to, like, write in that the character doesn't change on her own. I think that is so lazy and it is just a really bad message. And, like, a lot of movies do it, and this one especially does it, because it's, like, the whole point of the movie is, like, oh, she's a she's a terrible person, and she's done really bad stuff, but someone loves her unconditionally, and she doesn't understand why. And I'm, like, this wouldn't happen in real life because no idiot would fall in love with her like that. Like, what does he like about her? <laughs> like, what yeah, what um, part of I her... Kinda, I, yeah, I, go ahead. I what you because, like, it's the whole, like, idea of, like... The thing is, like, super toxic. toxic is that, like, Oh, if he wanted to, he would. Like, like no, like no, like if like if you portray like these very toxic traits, like people are not going to want to like be around you or mm-hmm. to like form relationships with you. You know, like like you you just can't have that mindset. Like it, 
it's 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 not a good mindset to have when you're when you're trying to like form new relationships like you can try to work on yourself and try to better yourself like this would be so much better if they went in that direction like oh she started off like as an asshole in the beginning and then like grew became a better person you know got to really know bill Hader's character Mm -hmm. like oh my god this movie would not be nearly nearly as bad Mm -hmm. if they went in that direction oh yeah absolutely and and like another thing too is the comedy is very centered on it being like oh my gosh why would she do that that's so quirky and relatable like her being an asshole is kind of like a point of the comedy and in a way it almost seems like it's trying to be relatable and that kind of demeans your whole message for being an asshole. It needs to be redeemed if you make the comedy about her being relatable, you know? Like, it definitely doesn't, it, they definitely make her lifestyle seem like it's a, you know, a, a positive thing until like certain scenes. Like, it, it seems very weird. And it seems like the movie has a very like, oh, we get it. She's a bad person, but we would never say that she's like inherently flawed because that would imply she can't you know, get the guy in the end. Like, what the heck? You know, it's it's very, very lazily written. And that annoys me a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, definitely agree with that. Because I actually last night after we uh, we finished the movie, I was I was looking at the the Instagram for for Trainwreck. It's still up. And like, it's still up. It's still up. It's came out in 2015. They don't, they don't it's like 2017, but like. Jesus. Uh, I was just like scrolling some of their posts and like it, it was I don't know it was, it was like promoting the behavior that like Amy Schumer's character had throughout the movie. Yeah, I was like this this, this isn't good. You, you guys shouldn't be doing this. Like like it, it's it's like I I don't know like like I I feel like. I, I don't I don't know how, I don't know how to describe it, but like I don't know. Yeah, it's it, I feel I cannot. It's all good. I imagine I cannot fathom that this movie missed the point of its own movie. Like it is so goofy that this movie decided like we just need to tell people that you know being completely completely like self absorbed and not caring who you hurt and just doing whatever you want is something that we should celebrate like yes i understand that you shouldn't feel stressed about the things you do you should never be you shouldn't ever feel like your life needs to be dictated by what other people expect of you i understand that right but there's a difference between that and then just doing whatever you want with like no with reckless abandon and not caring what you how you affect other people because like that's life you know like i I had the same problem with something like she hulk same idea like, just because your character, you know, is positive and, you know, does what she likes doesn't mean that everything she does needs to be perfect and uh, and completely justified and amazing. It completely removes any conflict or tension and it makes the story really boring. And especially in this movie, when the character is an asshole, it just feels like a, a joke with no punchline. It just feels like people being awful for no reason. And then when emotional scenes happen, you're supposed to care for her, all you can think about is that like last 20 scenes of her being an ass. And you're just like, well, I don't feel for you. And I don't really want you to be happy because you don't like seeing people happy. So why should I, you know? Right. It is goofy. <laughs> um, 
but but uh Ezra Miller was in this movie too, which was pretty was funny. So weird. <laughs> right. Which so you know, weird. without going into what happened with him in real life, this feels very uncomfortable. Like there's a couple of scenes in this movie where like especially near the end that have not aged well at all. <laughs> which I think is pretty funny. Um, right. But uh what's up? John Cena. Yeah, John Cena's also in this movie for like ten seconds. Um you see a lot more of John Cena than you want to see of John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know. A John Cena, I feel like we talked about him very recently on the wrestler episode, but like I feel like John Cena has enough grasp of what he's what, what how he appears as an actor that I think he can do roles like this and it doesn't really affect his credibility. Like He's very good at knowing what his image is and how he can like manipulate it. So I kind of respect that he went in, did something like this, and then went on to do something like Suicide Squad, and everybody loved him in it. So right. proud of him. And now he's back in W. And now he's back doing WWE. So I mean, is he really? Yeah, he he came back like a couple weeks ago. So like you know, proud of this guy for doing whatever he wants, and you know. Not not in the way that Amy Schumer does whatever she wants. <laughs> right. So uh what were some other standout things in this movie? Like what are some what are some things in this movie that made you like emotionally react, whether it be positive or negative? Um basically anytime King James talked. Yeah, that's um... true. It made me that made me cry each time. I was like, my man. <laughs> um it was it was pretty great. It's pretty great because like like even though, like, he, he was playing himself, like, he was also, like, playing a character, too. Like, he, he it wasn't just, like, a cameo. It was, like, he, he was a, he's a character who cared about, like, the stakes that were going on, like, in, in the movie. Like, even though, like, there weren't good stakes, um, he, he still cared. And, um, I like that. I like that about, uh, how this character was written because like i don't know just comparing him to like space jam or or uh uh small foot like i don't know he, he, <laughs> he just wasn't like i don't know in, in any of those films he wasn't really written that that well i don't know in my opinion what, what, what do you think yeah i mean it's weird because like they definitely read him as a character. Like he's not just a cameo, like you said, which I think is respectable. And I think I think LeBron has a lot of for for his faults. I think he has enough charisma to make him not like it's not hard to watch him. You know, like a lot of sports people who don't who like can't act will force themselves into movies, and you're like, this is just bad. You know, like you clearly can't act. I think LeBron has enough charisma to kind of be okay, but. I don't know. I think like there's never a point in this movie where you where I see him and go, he's not LeBron. <laughs> like there's <laughs> there's no transformative performance here. Then again, no one was asking him of that. I think of the of all the offensive things in this movie, I think he's one of the least offensive things, which is funny to say because it's LeBron. But um, yeah, like he's fine. I don't mind him. Um, and hell, I I didn't I I could even very briefly by that he was friends with Bill Hader, like a little bit. 
um <laughs> there's not there's only so much i could do with that because like the basketball scene was kind of sad but like like there's this scene of them playing basketball and lebron's like beating them every single time and i'm like I don't see why they're playing basketball. <laughs> like, there's no point. I think I, I think even LeBron would realize there's no there's no reason to play basketball with a dude who's literally half your height and a doctor. <laughs> like, leave him be. Um, speaking of which, let us transition on to talking a little bit about the emotional core of this movie. Not just the not just the like you know trying to make her relatable kind of thing but like there's there's this like i'm trying to really try to convey this i guess but like they they deal with the whole with their father right and her father is supposed to be kind of like where she got the the bad habits i suppose uh-huh. but like she really really loves her dad right um <clears throat> without spoiling where the movie goes i feel like i feel like the movie's central emotional core is supposed to be the idea that as mentioned before, you have to accept people for being awful because that's who they are, right? Um, which is weird, as mentioned before, because like you have uh, you have what's his name's character, uh, Bill Hader's character, whose whose parents are like really nice and like he's really nice, and like <laughs> they, they they establish him as this character that is like willing to be accepting. They never establish like what he accepts about her. <laughs> I think that's another thing too is like they she asks why he loves her and like his best excuses are like I just love you unconditionally like I just love you like obviously I'm written to love you so I gotta love you and I almost feel like I almost feel like that's the ethos of the movie that's what they want you as the as the audience member to do they want you to hate this they want you to love this movie because you hate it like they don't they don't care that you don't like it they just want you to love it because it is you know which I find very ironic. I just wanted to share that thought. Yeah, it's, it's kind of stupid. Kind of stupid. He has, he really has no reason to like her. Um, he just kind of does as one does. As 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 one does. As one does. Just rem- remember, ladies, you don't ever have to do anything to make people like you. Just be an asshole to everyone, and eventually, someone will love you for it. Exactly. If he would, if he wanted to, he would. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are some other noteworthy moments in this movie, David? I don't know. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Brie Jesus Larson's movie. a character. Woo. <laughs> like, what's with a stable sister? Yeah. Um, who like kind of has her life in order. And like Amy Schumer's character kind of bags on her for having her life in order, um, even though like she should respect that. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess she does learn to eventually, but at first she doesn't. Right. Um, um, because like I don't know, I feel like that's kind of like the whole like I, okay. Honestly, I feel this movie has like a well. I guess what they're going for is like a. I don't know, a modern cultural appeal, like a modern American cultural appeal, you know, the kind of like, oh, you shouldn't, you know, get tied down. You should, you know, live life. You should, you know, uh, sleep around. You should, you know, do this, this and that, you know, don't, don't have kids, you know, stuff, stuff like that, you know, um, 
and they're kind of bagging on like the whole like getting married, settling down, getting a house, having a family, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Like, did did you think that was funny, Connor? Like, do you think like I, I do you think like the average person would find that funny? No, not really. I mean, <laughs> I, I I guess okay, I get what they mean because like. They're trying to do, like, as I mentioned before, it's they're supposed to be making it kind of like the part of you that you ignore when you think stuff. Like, when you see something in your first reaction, it's something negative, and you go, oh, man, I didn't think that. I got to think the right thing, because if I thought the wrong thing, I'd be a bad person. You know, like the, oh, no, you didn't kind of mentality, you know? Like, it's sure. supposed to be relatable to people because they don't they don't say or do these things, but she does, because she's so quirky, you know? And like, especially especially with her character, it feels very like, as we mentioned before, very enabling. It's like if she can do it, so can you. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, it's a very it's a very lazy mentality, and um, as opposed to like kind of appealing to the American mentality, I think like, I think, like I said, it's just kind of that thing that we've all kind of thought and never did. Um, and this movie just kind of emphasizes it like, oh, she does it. She's she's so different for it. And I, I just don't know. I it, I guess I understand why some people would find it funny. I guess, but like it's pandering to a younger audience, right? It's to a younger audience that I, I almost feel like if they really wanted to do this, they'd do it. You know, because I feel like especially in this modern age, it's not that impossible to have a family to not have a family and do whatever you want. And it, there's nothing really necessarily wrong with it. It's just that, like, the way she does it in here is extremely asshole-ish, you know? It feels mm-hmm. very un- unforgiving and relentlessly anti-others. And I don't know. I, I guess that could be a source of comedy, but in this, I, I, I don't find that funny. I don't think it's funny to make to have put other people down because you want to do what you want, you know? Right. right. Maybe this is just a critique of Amy Schumer's comedy as a whole, but I feel like just because it's something you shouldn't say doesn't mean it's funny. Like, that was a lot of problems I had with the humor. Like, there'd be jokes that, like, I don't get what the joke was, and I realized in retrospect the joke was just that no one would be saying this. Like, they're trying to make it... They're trying to say something that, like, no one would ever do. I, here's, an, here's an example of it. That, that joke at the beginning when the, the co-worker smiles when she's nervous... And she's just making this big goofy smile to her boss the entire time as the boss is trying to tell her something. Yeah, yeah. like th- that's not a joke. Like there's nothing about that that's like a twist on what you expect, right? But like the fact that no one would smile when they're nervous is the joke. And that unless like, I don't get who'd find that funny. And that's a joke that happens a lot. Like stuff that like, isn't clever it's just you wouldn't expect anyone to do it and like i don't know that's really lazy that's really really lazy because like i can just you can just like randomly think of something that no one would do and make that a joke and that doesn't make you funny and it doesn't make it clever it's just you thinking of something crazy like i don't know like maybe i just overthink comedy a lot especially bad comedy but you know what it needs to be said like Amy Schumer can't just get away with this. <laughs> right. Right. It's it's stupid. 
and there's a reason why people don't make these kind of jokes because they're not funny and yeah, they're, they're just they're just not funny. Um, and like, I don't know. I I think she kind kind of like wants to critique the whole like she wants to critique the criticism of like oh women aren't funny so she's trying to like change things up to seem funny but it's still not funny and it's not that she's not okay the reason she's not funny isn't because she's a woman it's because she's just not funny like there are funny women it's just that she's not one of them you know yeah i watched a video talking about her and it was like um there's like a lot of times she's complained on twitter about stuff that like that that isn't like it is complain worthy but not the way she's saying it like there's one time she's like she posted on twitter she's like why am i getting paid only 11 million dollars when chris rock and dave Chappelle are paid like triple that and I'm like, because they're Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, like, uh, you're not on that level. And I think that kind of mentality absolutely reflects in her writing. This idea that like she's entitled to do whatever she wants because she's a woman and making jokes about that. Like, she feels like she needs to be the voice for a group that she does not inherently represent. Well, she does represent it, but not in the way that she thinks she does. Like. Right. Like, I don't know, it would, it's just, it would be like if a rich person was making jokes about problems that only poor people have, you know, like, maybe you could relate to that. And it's not like it wouldn't be funny. It's just that from your perspective, we no longer find it funny. Oh, it's kind of the same yeah. idea. Like she treats, she treats her comedy like she's relatable, but she is not representative of the whole anymore. And her style of humor is not what people think, unfortunately. So like, obviously, you being an asshole and doing whatever you want is not going to be relatable to people unless they are like, you know, bad people, flawed people that kind of need to be changed. Like, I don't know if there's any way to say it. Like, don't you making humor for people that need to be critiqued like you want to critique them and fail to do in this movie. Goofy stuff. Right. You know, what's funny is I rearranged my movies on my shelf right here. So as we're talking, I'm just looking at the Blu-ray for Vertigo by Alfred Hitchcock. I just find that kind of funny. Like, there's a quality, there's a, a handful of quality movies staring me in the face as I talk about Amy Schumer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel like there's some more things we need to address because I feel like we've talked about the same three things, almost like Amy Schumer does. But <laughs> do you have any any other things you wanted to comment on in this movie? Oh man. Um oh, oh man, I don't even know. I don't even know. Um Yeah, I don't even know. It took place in New York. Wah. Yeah, New York City time, baby, just like just like Avengers in Annie twenty fourteen. Heck yeah. It's like what do Annie twenty fourteen and Trainwreck twenty fifteen have in common? They both are in New York. Woo! Look at that. What if it took us the exact same time? <laughs> that would be pretty goofy. It's imagine imagine crazy. Amy Schumer was on set and she had to like, you know, stop filming a scene because there was too much boisterousness from the Andy 2014 set. 
Right, wouldn't, right. Wouldn't that be funny? Be wild and... In any 2014, obviously, is the banger. So, like, who won in this situation? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think, David, how many times do you remember, like, legitimately laughing in this movie? Like, not a lot, but, like, how many times do you remember thinking that was a quality joke or quality? Never. Joke? I never laughed during this movie. <laughs> I never thought any jokes were quality. This movie was so boring. Yes, that's true. I think there was, like, three, <laughs> there were, like, three moments that made me, like, snicker, but that almost made me hate the movie more. Like, how dare you be, how dare you have, like, an okay moment at this point, you know? Like, I was, like, annoyed that they tried at some points. Like, there were, like, three moments where I kind of giggled. And that's the best I can say, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't even give specific examples of it because, like, maybe I was just caught off guard. Maybe I was just, like, in such a perpetual state of frustration that, like, any moment of levity was, like, me grasping at straws. But, like, I don't know, man. Um there's not a lot to go here. Like you said, it's, it does get boring after a while because like you kind of understand what it's doing and you stop caring about what happens after that point. So you're just kind of like, boy, I just wish this would end. <laughs> yep. Imagine seeing this in theaters. Oh my God. Like imagine wasting money and going to see this in theaters and sitting through two hours of this in a theater. Like, damn. That's that's two hours of your life down the drain. And the worst part is, like, imagine having to sit and see people laugh at this. Like, there might be people who laugh at this and they'd go and see it in theaters. Like, imagine the horror of being the one person who's, like, enlightened in the group being like, open your eyes, Amy Schumer's not funny. <laughs> right. <sighs> Anyways. It's sad, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You ready for some questions? Sure. Well, this is your movie, so you actually have to ask the questions, nerd. Yeah. I was actually yeah, inviting yeah. you to ask them. It's like, are you ready to ask <laughs> questions to me? Yes, I'm. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, so let's say that, like, instead of um, uh, Bill Hader, um, it was The Rock. Well, I mean, that would basically just be... I feel like he'd play the role of uh, of John Cena. I feel like it would be the same thing. It would, and this movie would be, like, a never-ending cycle of her getting together with wrestlers and them coming out secretly <laughs> being gay. And then it re the cycle re repeats. I think the only difference would be with The Rock. It would be revealed that he, he'd been having a secret affair with Kevin Hart. <laughs> that would actually be the, the low-key. That would be kind of the best joke in the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like imagine that, like he, like he just she walks in and then like they're like spooning. <laughs> that would be so funny. I think, the only, I think the only thing stopping it would be I think I think that The Rock is like pretty Republican, and I don't think yeah. and usually that means they're conservative, and usually that implies they wouldn't do a spooning joke with Kevin Hart. But it wouldn't be it would be funny, no? It would be really funny. Um. um anywho, um. So Connor, how would how would you uh, with with the cast, the current cast, how would how would you make the movie like infinitely better, like Oscar worthy? <laughs> I think it's actually very simple. There's actually only one thing that I would do to make this better, and it would make it infinitely better, and that's remove Amy Schumer, <laughs> like just get her out. Like she does not need to be involved with the project at all. Replace her with any other actress, 
and it would be a little bit better. <laughs> it would actually be a lot uh, better. Uh, and then it would be Oscar-worthy? No, but it would be better. I think making it Oscar-worthy, we would probably need to give it to a director that isn't Judd Apatow. I don't know. <laughs> Judd Apatow is one of those guys that you give a movie to and you can't find a good director. <laughs> like... You're like, what should I do? I don't know. Let's. We got a comedy. Who should direct it? I don't know. Give it to Judd Apatow. He'll do it. <laughs> but um, get rid of him. And... Did Apatow? I'm sorry. Has Judd Apatow like been nominated for an Oscar? No, <laughs> never, never even a little bit. Hang on, I, I want to Google it just to humor you. Judd Apatow Oscar. It doesn't. It doesn't even come up in like the suggested. Like I don't think anyone's looked this up before. <laughs> Now the best he's got is a British act, British Academy Television International Award, and it's all for shows. This is all for shows. Oh jeez. Yeah, no, he's not getting <laughs> that. Is, he's not getting nominated anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like saying that Will Smith's gonna get nominated this year. Like that's a <laughs> bold statement. But didn't he do? Um, didn't he do? Uh... Emancipation, or yeah, he's doing that movie, but it's not getting good reviews, and he's not getting an Oscar nom for it. Like, he's not like, even if he had like the best performance of the year, the academy is not touching him with a three foot pole, like, they're not going <laughs> anywhere near him. Um, <laughs> I mean, he did it to himself, but like, you know, sure. Oh, no, speaking of which, this is a little off topic, but this, I feel like in retrospect of the slap, right. As time has gone on, like, I've completely t- changed my opinion on it. Like, I remember when it first happened, I was kind of like, that's, that's so that's funny. funny. Like, it's so funny. Like, I love that he went and did that. That's hilarious. Like, not that I agreed with it, but, like, I found it really funny, and I'm glad he did it, you know? But in retrospect, I'm kind of uh-huh. like, imagine, like, I cannot, that's ins- infathomable that that would happen. Like, holy crap, a man walked up on stage and slapped a presenter as if he could just do that and then sat down. Like, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't, like, send, like, the SWAT team after him and, like, drag him <laughs> out in a, a straight jacket or something. Like, that is wacky. Like, imagine that happening at, like, any other thing. Like, right. in comparison, there's that... Did you hear what happened at the Game Awards this year? No. So at the Game Awards, this isn't the exact same, but some kid, some random kid, walked up on stage when Elden Ring won Best Elden Ring won Game of the Year. He walked up on stage with them as if he was one of the people in the group, and no one noticed him. Like he just walked up with them, right? And he acted like he was one of the award people. He sat there on stage with the people as they were accepting their awards, right? At the very, very end, once everyone from Elden Ring was done talking, he walks up and. I, I don't have the exact quote, but he was, he was essentially, he was giving a shout out to his like mental guru, Bill Clinton. And he walks up and he says that, and he's not part of the group. Like he, he did that completely on a whim. And then he walks off stage and then he gets arrested. Like, <laughs> like that is the kind of thing I would expect to happen. But, but you know, Will Smith took it to the next level. Like he slapped the dude. Like, how did they not send security after him and, like, drag him out in chains? Like, that is so crazy. Will Smith, bro, you can't be doing that. Right. You can't do anything. And you know what's even crazier and how we can connect this to Trainwreck? Is that the year before, Amy Schumer hosted the Oscars. 
Oh. It all connects. It all comes back to Schumer. Do you think she wanted Trainwreck to be like her Oscar-worthy movie? No, she did a movie a couple of years later called I Feel Pretty. I think that was her one where she wanted to be the Oscar winner. But really? I, I don't even know what I Feel Pretty is about, and I know what it's about. Like it's gonna be about <laughs> it's gonna be about her being getting a guy, and though she doesn't deserve it, and she's gonna make a lot of sex jokes. Let's read the plot. A head injury a head injury causes a woman to develop an extraordinary amount of confidence, believes she's drop dead gorgeous. Told you. Well, that's the opposite of what I meant, but still, like yeah. it almost feels the, that that's about right. Uh, anyways, um, uh. Yeah, uh, sorry, you, you, one more question. <laughs> um, Nick Cage instead of Amy Schumer. Yes, oh my God. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. I think we need more movies where where obviously like different groups play a character. Like I want a movie where a, like a black guy plays a white guy and they don't acknowledge he's a black guy. Like, yeah. I, like I want stuff like that. I want like Amy, like, this example, I want Nick Cage to play a woman and no one acknowledges Nick Cage. Like they just treat him like he's an actual woman. Like it could be hilarious. I want like an ad- I want an adult to play a child character and no one acknowledges that he's an adult. Like, like I think that'd be so funny. Like I, I want I, I know it's not like clever, but like something inherently funny about like the idea that like the world isn't in on the joke and you are. I think that's just so funny. <laughs> But yeah, I want Nick Cage to play Amy Schumer and then them be like, dude, you're such a, like, why do you sleep with so many guys? Like, come on, like, get your life in together, have a family. And Nick Cage just being Nick Cage. <laughs> Actually, that entire final scene, like, I won't spoil what it is, but that final scene I was tell- that I was complaining about uh, when we were watching it together, like, that scene with Nick Cage would be so funny. It'd be awesome. But yes. That is train wreck. Is it a train wreck? Yeah. <laughs> it wrote its own joke. Yeah, it's a train wreck. Train wreck. You, you know that movie's super bad? Yeah. I feel like that movie should have been bad so that that like, joke could have been this movie is super bad. Like, <laughs> if you're going to set them up like that, at least. Too bad. Right. Like, if you're going to set it up like that, at least, you know, have the punchline be that the movie's bad, you know? Right. But no, it's not bad. It's a good movie. What the hell? <laughs> super bad is not super bad. Right. So then, and then it just sets up the most obvious joke. Like every single person on Letterboxd makes the review super good. Like that's all it is. <laughs> right. Thanks. Thanks. Super bad. Anyways, uh, any any last thoughts on anything? Any final uh, King James recollections? No. No. He's in this movie. He sure is. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you guys checking in. Check us out on Instagram. What's that smell? Underscore you thinking again. Uh, usually David will update when we miss an episode, but this week David decided not to because he's a jerk. No, he's too lazy. Yeah, you should stop being lazy. Jeez, nerd. No. Anyway, anyways, uh, appreciate you guys checking in. Uh, we got a full-length episode next, and I'm really excited for it. And then we'll do another Think Stink. I've got it picked out. David's going to love it. Um, but appreciate you guys checking in. I've been Connor, and this has been David. And thank you guys so much for checking in on yet another episode of the podcast that we entitle, David. 
What's that smell you thinking again?